0: G'day and welcome to Part 8. Today I want to talk about the Christian Disciple and the Trinity. Jesus speaking. I will ask for the Father and He will give you another Advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive Him because it isn't looking for Him and doesn't recognize Him. But you know Him. Because he lives with you now and later will be in you. John 14 verses 15 to 17. What kind of God offers salvation? A personal God. Now a God who is personal must be capable of having and sustaining relationships. A God who sustains relationships will also want to be known. We know that God is spirit yet also a personal and infinite being. John 4.24 He is one in substance or nature, and incapable of being divided. Hear, o Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Deuteronomy 6, verse four. Yet also, as we shall see, three co-equal and eternally existent persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and by persons I don't mean personalities. We can say for certain, however, that the intertrinitarian life of God is a mystery, beyond our mortal comprehension, experience, and language. Having said all that, the word that the Church historically has come to define the Godhead is Trinity. The actual word Trinity does not exist in the Bible. Does that surprise you at all? The word Trinity, or "triunity" actually derives from the Latin word trinitus, which is defined as three are one, or the property of occurring three at once. Whilst the word doesn't appear, the principles and concepts behind it most assuredly do. The Trinity is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Opponents of this doctrine say that it is actually three gods, but that would be to say that Trinity is one plus one plus one, and therefore equaling three. However, the Trinity is three persons in one God, which is one multiplied by one, multiplied by one, equaling one. And there are principally two main errors when thinking about the Trinity. One is that the three names, Father, Son and Spirit, are simply three different designations of the one God. We know this to be false. The other is that God the Father is the true God, and Jesus and the Holy Spirit are somehow inferior, and therefore not strictly God. This also is untrue, as we shall see, particularly in the work of redemption. Whilst there are no explicit Scripture texts using the word Trinity, the concept is explicit throughout Scripture. In the Old Testament, God said, Let us create, Genesis 1 verse 26. And He was Sovereign, Lord, Spirit and Redeemer, according to Isaiah 48 verse 16. In the New Testament, the Trinity concept Is seen at Jesus' baptism, and the three persons of the Godhead were represented. Matthew 3, verses 13 to 17. And also in the Great Commission, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Matthew 28, verse 19. Elsewhere, baptism is to be in the singular name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and not the names, plural. It is also in the Pauline grace of 2 Corinthians 13, verse 14, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And throughout his teachings, the Lord Jesus also impressed upon the twelve apostles the distinction between the Father and himself, and clearly taught about the Holy Spirit as being distinct yet again. And the Trinity, as we said, is indivisible. There is in God one indivisible essence or substance of which God is made. God is expressed in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In each of these belongs the whole undivided essence of God. The totality of God exists in the Father, as it also exists in the Son, and also exists in the Holy Spirit. Each member of the Trinity is self-conscious and self-directing. The three members never act in opposition to any other member, but also in union and harmony. And the Trinity, there also seems to be some form of precession. And this endeavors to describe the relationship within the Godhead. The members of the Godhead are co-equal and co-eternal. However, there is an order of succession in their relationship. But this should not and does not imply any superiority or inferiority. The Son is begotten of the Father, John 3.16, and does the Father's will. Both the Father and the Son sent the Holy Spirit. John 15 verse 26 says, When the counsellor comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And then there is the Trinity as relationship, and there is a communal honour between the Trinitarian persons. John 15, 16 and 17 talk about this. In the work of redemption or salvation, there is also a coordination in the triune Godhead. The Father elects, Ephesians 1 verse 4. The Son redeems, Ephesians 1 verse 7. And the Holy Spirit seals the believer, Ephesians 1 verse 13 to 14. And between the three persons, there seems to be, or is, an eternal unison in active purpose, and yet seemingly externally distinctive between the three members of the triune Godhead. This Godhead Trinity, with its inherent qualities of relationships, shows that God is indeed love and the work of salvation is an act of love from the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, all three. If God was not a Trinity, then how could love possibly be shown, as love requires more than one person for it to be active? As a Trinitarian being, love is an endemic quality of the Godhead. The Father loves the Son and the Spirit equally. The Son loves the Father and the Spirit equally. The Spirit loves the Father and the Son equally. The God we serve as Christian disciples exhibits love, and this God commands us to love one another so that He will be seen. John 13 verse 34-35 By showing love, we reflect the Trinitarian God in whose image we are made. For more to think about, please do read Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 to 14. Ask yourself the following questions, writing them down if you can, and see how you respond or react to them. Then why not share your answers with your spouse or a close friend, so that you can pray over any issues together. Question 1. How can the interrelational aspects seen in the Trinity be an encouragement to me? Question 2. How does each member of the Trinity individually assist me? And Question 3. How can I be thankful that I serve a God who is love and knows love intimately? As ever if you have any comments to make on this please do contact me at partake at hotmail.co.uk. I would love to hear from you and if these are making any difference at all to your continual Christian discipleship. Thank you.